0: Hey Tom. Good morning, Tom. Good morning.
1: Um, every time I see you, you look more and more retired. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, what's up with that, dude?
0: All right, welcome everyone back to uh an almost perfect podcast. I almost forgot our name there, gentlemen. Um, but I came back. Um anyway, welcome. Uh, I am John. It's good to have you join us. Uh, Tom is with us. Tom, how are you over there at Asbury?
3: I'm doing well, John. Thanks for uh, putting me back on top. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was tired of being number three in the lineup. So. Okay.
0: Well, in the spirit of our tradition then, uh, Brad, how are you, Brad?
2: I'm doing great. You mean I don't get to back clean up today? Okay, up. Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, things are good very
0: good um so today I want to talk about how we <laughs> <laughs> wade's here wade what's going on brother
1: Ducks on the pond, baby I'm ready to knock
0: him in all right very good guys I don't know if you know this but we are living in a good time i know, I know things are messed up here and there and but man what a time to be alive I don't know like on a scale of one to ten where you would put yourself but I found something online that I think is like revolutionary, okay? It's the B-Bird N3 Pro, an ear cleaning tweezer and rod 2 in 1 accessory.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: So, I mean, no, it's an ear cleaning a tweezer and rod. I don't I don't have one yet cuz they're not um, available. They'll be available for shipment I think in April. Uh right now they cost 80 bucks, so, you know, but but here's the deal. We all know we're not supposed to use Q-tips, right? Right. But everybody does. They just push all that nasty stuff further and further in, and wonder why you can't hear me.
2: Grind it in there. That's (laughs) one way, I guess. Okay, very good.
0: See, but this here, I wish I could show it to you. I didn't. like, Hey, I can. I forgot. We're on Zoom. Yeah.
2: Show your screen.
0: Yeah. Check this out. So this thing, instead of using cotton swabs, you get this. It's got a robotic arm. Check this out. Hold on, guys. Wait a minute. Hold on.
3: Robotic arm? Yeah, watch this.
0: this. And then you can connect your phone. And look what she's doing. Ew. It's got a camera. Oh, Oh, that's so so good. It's got a camera. You can pull all that out. Look at that. (laughs) High-speed Wi-Fi chip, man. Look at this guy. He feels so uncomfortable. Honey, what should I do? No, honey, don't use a Q-tip. Use a B-Bird N3 Pro ear-cleaning tweezer and rod two-in-one.
2: 12 different accessories. 12
0: different accessories, man, because we all got different kinds of ears.
2: Um, uh, How much did you say that was? (laughs) It's 80 bucks, (laughs) man. Oh, it says $280 there.
0: No, this is like a uh, startup site. And so they were looking for, they wanted $279,000 for people to kind of get their product going. Oh,
2: okay. I'm going to
1: get three of those, baby.
0: Three of them, I'm saying, one for every year, um,
3: and a backup, <laughs> backup. I'm just well, saying, and one put, for the one for the nose.
0: Eighty bucks is, you know, not a whole lot for a revolution, man. <laughs> I love people. people are creative. Tips, man. That's just
1: too that's awesome. Just think of how much money you have spent throughout the years on Q-tips. I mean, think of it that way.
0: I probably spent eighty dollars in my lifetime on
1: exactly. In my lifetime, yeah, you get
0: yeah. like a thousand for ninety-nine cents, man. That's
1: right. People are trying to make your life easier, and and it's sustainable as well. I
0: guess so. It has a camera. Can you imagine that? Just you know, you're
1: with your phone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying. Say how many pixels the camera was. Because actually,
0: kind of... you you're gonna watch this. Watch this. Don't
1: make it. 360
0: ten... degrees precise cleaning. 10 million pixels hd camera
1: nice
0: that's better than the camera you guys are using for zoom right now
3: (laughs) so so you could actually use it uh to record our next uh our next session
0: you guys are wondering about how to do online worship we'll just get this
1: (laughs) and then afterwards clean your ears right Guys, will get my christmas cards next year your yeah uh, i love it aren't you listening to the
3: preacher clean your ears out
0: <laughs> clean your ears out here everybody share that's
2: right <laughs> that's the, and when that. you get it out i want you to put it in this dish right here all right we're just going to collect it I, I you know i have to admit i
3: have no idea of week to week what john is going to bring to the table
2: look man just, i
0: didn't invent the internet <laughs> i just <do> have a <laughs> web browser I don't know, it's great. It's, it's just because I, I saw the picture and it's a man with a like a device stuck in his ear. I thought, what in the world? Then as I watched, it, I thought, that's so cool. I need <laughs> I need a camera in my ear and with uh, you know, 360 degree rotation. Anyway, anyway, and so
2: here's to here stick a camera in your ear.
0: There you go. <laughs> see, you see, this will preach, guys. This will preach. You, that's all I'm trying to, to do, to. Tom. I'm trying to give you something that. That'll preach these last few months you got. Yeah. You let you go I, I out think, with a bang, man.
3: I think I'm down to a dozen right now. My my wife is the one who keeps counting and she goes, got 12 more.
0: 12 more and 12. Man, when you say 12, golly. I know. Dumb. Why'd you why'd you do that to me, Tom? Dang. You mm. like that. How about this, guys? H- has has anyone ever like uh, misunderstood your sermons?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, I've misunderstood my sermon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like in the congregation. No, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm with Tom, man. I'm, I misunderstand mine all the time.
0: Uh, or are they or they misheard, misread? That happens all the time. You know, with our usual joke on you know, Sunday, everybody's leaving. You know, and they tell you how great sermon it was when you talked about this and this, and you're thinking, I didn't say that. <laughs> Say that wasn't me. Anyway, all right, you ready for this?
3: Uh-huh.
0: Women belong in the kitchen.
3: You, this, you know, there's nothing this, there's nothing mean? false about that statement. But you know, it, it, you could say men and women belong uh,
0: in okay. the kitchen. All right, Tom. Very. And,
3: cool. and uh, I've seen some of those scenes in movies where they're in the kitchen. So no, <laughs> well, sorry well i shouldn't have ever gone there I'm sweating, it's hard being man. a
0: he's sweating he's retiring he doesn't care anymore man
3: <laughs> no i do care I was gonna, i'm gonna say man i know i'm i'm red in real life i don't know if it's showing up on camera but uh, it's funny
0: so burger king put out a new campaign and that is there i'm looking at a full page newspaper ad and that's the big title women belong in the kitchen And, of course, uh, they're getting a lot of support and they're getting a lot of pushback. Uh, What this is, let me read the next part of it. Fine dining kitchens, food truck kitchens, award-winning kitchens, casual dining kitchens, ghost kitchens, Burger King kitchens. If there's a professional kitchen, women belong there.
3: Okay. Okay.
0: All right. So, and then it talks about, uh, but can you guess who's leading those kitchens these days? Exactly. Only 24% of chef positions in America are occupied by women. want to talk head chefs? The number drops to fewer than 7%. Today is actually, I saw getting online, International Women's Day. So this is actually totally appropriate. They're trying to bring attention, you know, to fair workplace and all that kind of stuff. So I I think it's great. But I, I looked at it and, when i first saw it i saw the bad reaction like people are getting mad at burger king and i'm like burger king is not stupid right to just be blatant misogynistic like that or whatever it has to be something more but not everybody's willing to read the rest i guess um, what do you think about those kind of titles are they helpful
3: they're they well, you yeah, know they're doing what they're they're supposed to they're grabbing your attention because you're going oh wait a minute are we going back to the 50s yeah and then you read the article and go oh no actually it's a good point yeah
2: Uh, they're very provocative and and, you know i I actually had a class in seminary about how to write sermon titles to put on marquees out front you know (laughs) and we had more fun in there than we probably should have but you know, th- that's the same concept is, is headlines grab attention and you have to wonder what's their real motive in that. You know, are they really trying to, to, to raise the, the hair on the back of your neck? Or are they just trying to grab your, your attention for a moment before they give you the, the whole scoop or both <laughs> clickbait, you know, that kind of stuff.
0: There you go. Yeah. Do You guys put a lot of effort still in sermon titles.
3: I do. I try to. Yeah, I've been shot down at least once by the staff. It's like, no, you. Actually, I got shot down by my my mothers with uh, with grade school children. Like, no, that's not gonna fly.
1: What was the title?
3: I don't remember. Other than I know that it had the word sex in it. It wasn't. It was a. a, It was definitely a PG, and it was. I'm pretty sure it was when we were looking at the Beatitudes and 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 where Jesus talks talks about sex and uh, well he talks about more than that but that's one of the things so
0: that's all I remember. Yeah, <laughs> I went to uh, a uh, a a conference a couple of years ago. Uh, actually one that our DS had a couple of us go to in Dallas and this was an assemblies of God. I'm not picking on this. It's just, that's just of what it was. It was kind of funny. I went to a, a breakout session, something about, I don't know, maybe like writing memorable sermons or something like that, something to that effect. Right. And this whole almost hour long presentation, this guy is going back and he's all fired up and this is how you write sermons and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff that people will remember that of the and I kid you not, at the end he did a little Q and A, and somebody asked a question about you know something related to that. And the guy he had a helper with him, you know, somebody that was there and, and worked in the same church, and he was saying something. Well, we did our last series, and um, what was it called? <laughs> I kid you not, they spent the let you know next minute or so, like um, what was what was that? Which one was that? And, well you're not uh, helping yourself out here um i don't put a whole lot of effort anymore i used to like let me try to get creative and i don't know i just think at least in my context people stop paying attention Mm -hmm. and so i was spending 30 minutes trying to write a title and you know what jesus flips tables that'll work yeah there you go anyway Mm -hmm. okay i want to talk about something else because you guys said i could you're so nice um got this article it's an opinion piece entitled why i won't make another christian film do you guys have a favorite christian film no nothing about giants or
3: no actually yeah i i i you know i've seen uh, several of those and and there are scenes where i go that's that's really helpful actually uh, the the last and I don't even know that it's per se a Christian film, but uh, uh, the Cokeville Miracle, which is actually a true story that I, that happened, I think, in the 70s or 80s, that I don't even remember at all. But it, you know, it's 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 amazing and it's intense because it it involves it involves, uh, it involves uh, a grade school that is held hostage by a bomber, and uh, and. Uh, and it and it and it's um it, it's an amazing story. And then you know, after you watch it, you go, Did that really happen? Then you Google it and sh- sure enough, it it happened pretty much the way they presented it. And mm-hmm. it has eyewitnesses. So, you know, there's stuff like that where I'm going it's just an amazing story. And it's, you, you can just say it's, it's not Christian or uh, I, I don't even know, it may have been a bunch of Mormons. I just know the whole church, whole town was a small town and they're praying for those kids. And, uh, and it's just, just amazing, especially after the, uh, after the thing is over to hear what happened in order to create that situation.
0: And what year was that movie made, Tom? Do you know more or less?
3: It's it's it's. I think it's fairly recent, but like I said, the the event happened uh, a a while back.
0: All right. So for everyone listening, let me read the first two paragraphs of this article, and then I have a couple other points that I thought were helpful to think about, reflect on. He says this is uh, a young man by the name of Nathan Clarkson, and I looked up several of his movies, and I've never watched. Uh, but he actually he he's credited on uh, what's the one purge? You seen the purge? Mm-mm. Okay, I've seen that one, um, my kids, but uh, that's not not the Christian one he's talking about. But anyway, just to give you an idea. Seven years ago, I released my first quote-unquote faith-based film. It had a TV star in it, sold hundreds of thousands of copies, and ended up trending on Netflix. As a result of its success, I made another film a couple of years later, and just recently, I released my third faith-based movie. Each of the three movies I've written, produced, directed and acted in over the last seven years have been strongly faith based. They were modern interpretations of Bible stories, portrayed prayer and preaching and Christian morality was front and center. But it wasn't just what they had in them that marked them as Christian films. It was also what they didn't have in them. None of the films I made had cursing. They didn't have sex scenes unlike Tom's sermon. And of course they didn't have (laughs) ending. Everything wasn't tied up nicely with the happy ending bow. They didn't have these things, not because I didn't want to put them in my movies or thought I could tell a better story without them, but instead, because I knew if I did, if I did include mature content or unanswered questions in my films, they wouldn't sell. And for that reason, I have made my last Christian film. Get any first impressions from that?
3: Let Um, me. Oh, go ahead, White.
1: Um, I, I, I am really critical of pretty much every Christian film I've ever seen. Um, I think it. I I don't think it ever portrays um, Christianity in any real way. Prove me wrong and you probably may be able to, but um, all of these films that I've seen have just been a kumbaya tied up story um, with very little what I experience as reality and with Christian people that I work with. And I don't, I don't if if, it, if it's billed as a Christian film, I don't even look at it anymore.
0: What do you, what when you say Christian film, I mean, what are we talking about? What is he talking about? Christian film
1: well he says he's talking about um it's pretty censored in the content that he puts in there it's self-censored um but it, it's I think what I heard him saying was you know we can't we, we can't ask all the questions have to be answered by the end of the film um we can't um have any um uh, objectionable words or themes in any real way because That will get parent organizations um, and Christian organizations stirred up. And, uh, you know, um, that's not how I experience life, um, even as a pastor. Um, And so um, they're usually, usually the the acting's terrible, usually the writing's worse. And and, and I just, you know, every time one of these Christian films comes out and they want to market it to your church and have you come rent out the movie theater or, or, Show it in your place with a, um, you know, a lot of times it comes with curriculum or Bible study or something, um, you know. Not only is the film bad, but usually the the supporting materials is worse. Um, and to me, it becomes a marketing machine. And uh, and you know, I don't know that that's really um, the point of Christianity either. The, the question you asked um, to us on uh, the text message earlier was are we making Christianity too easy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that that was what the article talked about, but my, when I read the article, my response was, well, <laughs> most of the Christian films that I've seen that I can remember, um, yeah, they are making Christianity really too easy, tied up in a bow, it's either this or it's that.
2: Brad, what do you think? Uh, yeah, he goes into a concept about family friendly Mm -hmm. is is what most christian films and and he says it's market driven you know the the christian market um that that will go see these films are looking for family friendly can i take my kids to it can i um share with them what's going to happen here and he says that's not life you know life is not family friendly it never has been life has always been difficult and i agree with that i think i think he's right i think we 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 have this milk toast uh, image that is not what the faith is you know um, it's watered down it's it's very shallow uh, and, and I think back to the early church you know people were being burned in the streets I mean human bodies used as torches okay to light the streets lampposts posts, if you will and that's not family friendly you know there's nothing family friendly about the persecution of the early church there's nothing family friendly about today when you see what's going on in society and how people are having to, to deal with it. I I, I've had families and churches that I've served over the years who have, um, youth who really struggle because the school life is not the youth group life in church. Yeah. They're very different and, and they can't they have struggles with how to balance that. Um, I've had families in, in congregations that have tried desperately not to expose their children to rap music or to pop music or to, you know, uh, well, going to movies, you know, for, for that matter, just because they're trying to protect them from the worldly view of life because it has a tendency to taint it. And I think that's, that's scary to me because that does not equip the youth for real life and how to be a Christian in the midst of real life and um, it, it's scary uh, to me to think that that's what we have to be in order to be uh, honestly and, and and openly Christian and I and I think it's wrong and I agree with the author here I just that's that's not it's not fair first of all to assume that that's what's going to happen um, anyway I, I just think um, it, you know if we're and you mentioned, you know, your sermon titles and stuff. Um, preaching is the same way. Churches have the same issue, you know. I, if we're not dealing with life as it really happens, and 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 holding that up against the the plumb line of of God's word or of of what faith in Christ looks like, you know, I, I don't know as we've ever found that the Christian faith is supposed to be easy breezy, you know, it's not, it's, there's, it's not a cotton candy life. It's, it's a very hard life, uh, to be faithful in the midst of a world that doesn't care whether we're faithful or not.
0: And, and, and in the midst of a world that it's not always going to, you guys talked about, you know, the bow at the end, right? It's yeah. going to work out your way or what it, you
2: want. messy. Life is messy. Even life as a Christian is messy. And that's, that's throughout scripture you that's know you
0: need a Roomba you guys hear my Roomba
2: roaring sorry yeah.
1: <laughs> sorry I will I will attest to the Roomba
2: is it a Christian Roomba I haven't had uh, yet we haven't had that oh, conversation no.
1: it's filthy oh. I can tell you that when that's you get
0: right. done it's filthy <laughs> <laughs> I um uh, I, I'm you know what I'm gonna go on record and I'm probably gonna have people in my church and you know, my church and the churches I've served before friends they're gonna hate me. I hate God's not dead
1: I like, you know, wasn't, and that was the worst movie ever.
0: It's just, I, you know, the problem I have with it is kind of going along with everything you're talking about, and you know, this, this article as well. But I, what struck me the most, not only in that movie, but also in other movies that sort of follow the framework, same framework. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a an atheist or someone who has questions about faith, that person is, I mean, they're the ones who get hit by the car, right? They're the ones who are mean and. They're the ones who, who have an attitude and I'm sorry. I've known a lot of friendly atheist people. Yeah. And yeah. I've learned a lot. I've known a lot of Christian jerks too. So, I mean, come on, where's, where's the real life uh, we're talking about? So he did. talk you know, about. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Whoever that was.
1: Last week was not a typical week in ministry. I will give you that. Um, but last week I had a family uh, from one of my former churches who um one of the people in the family committed suicide. These are people that I did ministry with um, all the time. Uh, also last week uh, had to, without doing too much detail, there was a, a youth person who was raped. Um, oh, man. And so um, you want to do a film about either one of those things, hmm. a Christian film. Uh, and I don't even, you know, and let's just, then let's ask the question: Do we need Christian films? I mean, is that really, is that really the deal? I mean, if you want a really good story that's uh, that's pretty hard to put on screen, just uh, do a do a biography of Abraham's life. Um, there's nothing there that uh, um, that Christian families are going to want to spend a lot of time talking about um, after they go to the movies. Um, so, uh, you know, this. And none of this stuff that I'm talking about um, is wrapped up in a bow and neither is Abraham. I mean, there's a lot of dangling stuff in Abraham's life. Um, and, you know, and we have probably cleaned that up over the years, over the, you know, centuries um, to, you know, he's father Abraham, he's a great guy. Uh, uh, but, you know, times. we forget he turned his wife out and, you know, a few other things. And... uh called his sister. Uh, yeah. Well, on his neck. Yeah. And- so yeah you know uh, I, I remember I was at a conference one time and uh, um, who's the guy at the big church in Atlanta Andy Stanley yeah um, and this was uh, he he had an audience of all different denominations at this thing and uh, and you know he has a point of view about some things and he got up at the end and took about 15 minutes and he wanted to talk about biblical marriage um, and, uh, and I was skeptical, but what he talked about was things like Abraham and, um, uh, you know, Jacob and, um, biblical marriage isn't, you know, we, we hold it up as a standard, but, um, our history with that isn't that great. And maybe we should be more honest about that instead of judging people who, um, end up in troubled marriages for whatever reason. Um, and so, um, so I, you know, I, I, I would I like the fact that um, um, in my training I, and I'm not just talking about my training as a pastor I mean growing up in the church that but um, I was taught that it was good to ask hard questions and uh, and most okay. of my, most, most of my pastors didn't give me tied up in bow present answers right
3: mm-hmm. you know I miss part of that because my power was going out and I realized I hadn't plugged in my computer. So I, you know, you were into pretty heavy thing, Wade, and, and, uh, and, and I don't even know what you said beyond the, the, you know, the suicide and, the, and, and the rape and, and whatever followed. But one of the things I know, I know we're, we're assessing, uh, you know, Christian movies and, and honestly, like any other Uh, group of movies there's there's some that are better than others and and god's not dead is that the one where also where they say uh why do you cover your face you've got such a pretty face you know uh talking to the muslim uh, young woman and i'm I'm going yeah uh there are some that are so uh, you know they they set up characters that have zero depth It's just, we, we've got to get to the point of conversion so that they pray the prayer and and all that. But, you know, the other thing is if you broaden that scope, because we're upset with Christian movies that sugarcoat, but, you know, that's, that's not just a a Christian thing. That's a, that's a American movie. If you're going to be popular you're going to, you're going to have at the end, the, whoever the hero is overcoming some kind of uh problem and i just watched uh, a movie on prime and i really enjoyed the movie but the uh you know it was about a kid who had suicidal thoughts and ends up in a in a uh, mental ward of a hospital because he he signs himself in not realizing he's stuck for at least five days and you know by the end of the movie it's you know it's everything's resolved in those five days. So he leaves the hospital and he's got a better, uh, a better view. And that's not a Christian movie, but that is an American movie It's the way we deal with things. And having lived in a, a different culture, you know, read some of the, it'll be confusing uh, uh, as Americans reading a Russian novel, uh, but, but uh, you know, Russian novelists, great novelists uh, like, uh, uh, dostoevsky uh, by the into the end of the end of the, uh, the one novel that I wrote read by him I was going I don't know what just happened and mm-hmm. and and yet uh, the Russian you know the Russian culture is including dostoevsky are very very uh, committed to to faith in Christ and and and, and all of mm-hmm. that and so what we're talking about is kind of, The way we as Americans look at life as a whole, not just Christians, uh, but, uh, and we're afraid to address the, uh, I was just listening this morning to a podcast about grief in the pandemic, we have a hard time dealing with the reality of grief, and yet grief is the very thing that God uses over and over again throughout Scripture. Uh, you know, He comes alongside the grieving. The Holy Spirit is called the Comforter or the Counselor. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes in times of confusion and 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 pain. And so, you know, I I, I don't want to just knock. The Christian mute movies, because some of them are good, some of them are bad, at least from my ex- my experience, uh, and and, uh, and and yet I find the same thing happening from a cultural perspective, including you know if you if you follow followed Marvel comics through all of the iterations, what a, about a dozen different movies, even when the things were terrible you know the direction of an american movie at the end it's going to be resolved in a positive way and you know you you can't even grieve when when main characters are lost because you're you know you know in the end they're probably coming back hmm. right
0: yeah to, to your so, point this guy is so, coming from a you know a filmmaker point of view an artist point of view uh, and he says, last 50 years, Christians, and I think you mean to your point, Tom, American Christians for the most part, yeah. created sure. a buying market. And all, all of this ties into some things you guys have already said. Uh, Christians created a buying market in response to the morally bankrupt, quote unquote, entertainment of secular culture and depraved Hollywood. But in exchange for comfort, safety, and art that reaffirmed our deeply held beliefs, we gave away excellence, honesty, and depth in our books, movies, and films. All mm-hmm. the things that make art truly beautiful and effective. And, and I think part of that, the reason, <laughs> part of the reason why we did that, okay, if we're going to respond to morally bankrupt Hollywood, okay, that's the one thing. But the other reason why we did that is because that's what people wanted. Uh, he makes a, another point here. The Christian audience is concerned with having their worldview and values validated, not questioned. And, you know, what <laughs> a sermon, right? I mean, we want to yeah. teach. Yeah. But I mean, aren't we also calling people to question their faith and, and where they are and who they are, you know, if they are living as followers of Christ? Brad, I, was, you say something.
2: I was in seminary <clears throat> when Nicholas Cousinsakis movie came out. Well, his book came out in movie form, The Last Temptation of Christ. And the notion of that movie itself was can we question the basic premise of Christ's temptations as being complete? Did he actually experience every temptation that we've ever experienced? And and how did he respond to that? And I just remember there was so much protest going on, picket lines outside movie theaters, barring people from going in to see that movie or any other movie in a multiplex. And, and I remember many, many different um, interviews on, on media, public media, news media, whatever, asking, why are you opposed to this? And they said, because Christ cannot be tempted. And I'm going, where do you read that? Because that's not in scripture. Christ was absolutely tempted in multiple different ways. And, and well, he wasn't tempted with this, you don't know that, you know, I mean, what we do is, is, is we're reading into stuff and having a, maybe a prejudicial um, opinion toward it that, that makes it very difficult to actually see if there is any question that we can present. And I thought, as, as I reflected on that film, and I've seen that film probably, I don't know, a dozen times over the years came out in late 80s, that that it's a legitimate question to ask, can we actually say that Christ is truly tempted? You, you know, we know the outcome, like you said, we already know the outcome, how it's going to come out, but, but I want to know what would that temptation look like for Christ, who is fully human and fully divine, and to ask those theological questions in the midst of that without having to say Jesus was perfect and was not ever tempted in the way that we are. That's the only way that he could be God, and and not human, is to God humanity. And I think part of what this author is talking about, this this filmmaker is talking about, is when we set everything up so that it is a um, you know I call it a a Hallmark movie type thing or a, a, or a uh, uh, Courier and Ives image of what perfection should look like, a, a father knows best type thing we're not being real or realistic. I, you know, I know people who grew up in the 50s and, and who learned very quickly that Father Knows Best was, was a Hollywood make-believe fairy tale. There was nothing like that going on in anybody's homes. You know, that's not reality, but we want it to be. And so therefore it has to be tied up that way. And how many people come to church to hear a sermon where, you know, or, or to, to experience a worship service where they come out, singing a happy tune. I want to go out with a song in my heart and I want to go out just rejoicing because God is victorious. And I'm going like, you know, God doesn't just meet us in the happy times. It's not just a happy clappy religion that God comes down and gets down in the deep mire and muck of our lives and gets dirty with us in order to meet us where we are. And then walk with us through that. And it doesn't mean that God lifts us up out of that and suddenly we're pristine, clean, and all that, but that we have a a companion with that. I think there's there's a lot of a lot of our churches that really don't want to know what it's like to be in the truth. And I think that's why we don't do many churches don't do serious ministry with people who are in the midst of those, you know, deepest cavernous chasms of life. Um, it's too dangerous and it's too dirty. It's difficult to get down there and get cleaned up again. We just like to say, well, if you want to come and be with us, you can come and be with us. And it's very shallow, superficial religion. It's not faith and it's certainly not the Christianity that I know of.
3: Certainly
0: not
2: incarnational. Um, Absolutely. In of, yeah. yeah.
3: But one of the things one of the things we, you know, no matter what what we say, I'm gonna I say. I, I know. I know to some extent. You know the reality of this world. I mean, it's just absolutely there is. There are tough times. There are struggles. But I, you know, if uh, if I'm going through, uh, uh, I'm trapped. Let's say I'm trapped in a in a family system that's dysfunctional. I'm making poor choices uh, you know you can go through all the list of the the things we struggle with as hu- as humans on the other side of that I want to know that there's some kind of hope that I can be redeemed that I can be cleaned up and uh, and I think you know I think that that you know that's the part of the uh, of Christian films that uh, you know I I'm with you all. If it's all just about saying, uh, Jesus, will you come into my heart and change my life? And that's the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. That... I was going to say is, is, is just, it's, it's, um, it's an artificial sweetener. But on the other hand, there is genuine hope in our faith and, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and it's because of the very person we've been talking about Jesus who has experienced the temptation of what it's like to be human and let, and yet he walked in a way that was completely and totally faithful to a relationship a human relationship with god showing and demonstrating to me that i you know there is this possibility there is this you know you know we can be almost perfect
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i I, there's a little book i bought a couple years ago and it's something to the effect of it has the word messy in the title and it was that you know the one of the christian bookstores here's another extension of that conversation this conversation and it was in the clearance section dollar right And i just i'm glad i did it was all about you know approaching the the messiness of life with the grace of god right Mm -hmm. and and how that is a difficult work and how that is um, um long work right it goes on and on it's not something you can High up before commercial break or anything like that and it just struck me like this was in the clearance section <laughs> nobody mm-hmm. wanted to buy it they you can get rid of it um this wasn't this wasn't on the top shelf you know with the big sticker that says you know you know bestseller or whatever because it doesn't answer all the questions and, and that's that's the problem we have to, to figure out mm-hmm. uh, again speaking of his art he says uh, perhaps this kind of work this kind of I don't know, maybe messy work that we, we just called it. It won't reach the masses, but for but for those it does reach, I pray and hope it has a deeper impact on their hearts and minds than what the status quo has given us thus far. I think that kind of sums up what you're all talking about. You're exactly right, Tom. Our, I'm doing what I do as far as you know pastoring because I believe with all my heart, soul, and mind that there is hope in Christ and that means something. And and the world needs to know that. that. That's our lectionary text this week, isn't it? If you lectionary folks, John 3.16, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that means-
1: 3.16 is, huh? Yeah. I did it this week.
0: Oh, did you? How'd it was, go? I'm
1: doing, I'm doing last week's this week. I, I flipped them around because it worked better for my series.
0: Okay. Did you make it... Did you have trouble not going to Universalist on everybody or what?
1: Um, I, I really just talked about... Um, what happened before that verse came out and that Jesus was dealing with an identity crisis within um, uh, Nicodemus and that we have an identity crisis too. So talk about sermon titles. My sermon title was Identity. I so. wonder what it was about.
0: <laughs> Hard to identify, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, and you know, you know, for those listening in churches, you know, I mean, If you like Christian radio stations, so be it. I I don't tend to listen. It's been a long time that, you know, it's not that I don't like some of the songs, but I learned there's a whole industry (laughs) behind this that I just don't appreciate some of the the aspects of it. Right. I heard one of the stations, local stations once say, you, you know, you only hear this next song on our station. I'm thinking, well, why, (laughs) if it's worship, why, (laughs) why are we bragging that we've got rights, yeah. soul rights to this so I- anyway i have some trouble with that and some of it goes quite along with what you guys are talking about it about um the kind of faith we are portraying um, yeah. and i think we got to be careful because we could do a lot of damage with the superficial stuff whether it's sermons whether it's movies music or something else uh it's funny not funny but wade you're talking about those uh two tough cases you had in your church um this past weekend i was driving listening to an old song came to mind um it's a, it's a Christian song from a Christian rapper. You guys know I love hip hop, but, um, and it's about, it's the Suicide Letter. And Ooh. when it came out several years ago, I, I liked the beat and I listened to it. And I thought, okay, it's good. He's talking about this. But there was always something that kind of felt like, I don't know, there's something still kind of weird. Anyway, I, I searched the song when, I, when I, I couldn't remember who it was, but I remember the title. And what I found out is there are several other um, hip hop songs with the same title that aren't christian and i just I, I listen to them and they're not family friendly but i'll tell you what they are more honest than that one i started looking for and, I, and it made me realize Pleasure. that with the first Thank song you. that i heard years ago I was trying to do I was trying to wrap it up and trying to also tell me that you know i just got to change everything about me in order for everything to be okay and uh, th- there's some truth in that i think but that's not everything right so anyway so part of what i think is helpful for those listening and for us as pastors and church leaders is i mean let's be honest about how we're portraying our faith and let's let's do better at recognizing uh the truth of god in all forms of art or you know, sermons or, or whatever else my favorite movie of all time is barbershop you ever guys you guys ever seen barbershop
1: yeah
3: yeah i love that movie. i have i have not
0: My family knows I have to watch it at least once a year. To me, uh, you know, (laughs) Jesus is mentioned, I think a couple of times, but it's not a Christian movie, but it's this, this idea of community and fellowship. Uh, There's so much about church that I find in that movie Mm -hmm. that, you know, normal church folk be like, my second favorite movie is man on fire. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, uh, That's got some, what I'm willing to do for you, uh, Mm -hmm. save you stuff in it. That's, Important. So anyway, so give me some final words, gentlemen. Can you wrap this all up in a nice bow for me? No, because <laughs> <laughs> then I don't know how to end if we don't wrap it up. If we can't just you know say all is well, like a happy ending.
2: I think we're all just along the same lines of you know life is really messy, but uh, we're not alone.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah,
3: there is absolutely hope.
0: Mm-hmm. Praise God. That-
1: all all is real
0: -hmm. all right all right all right guys so thank you for all that i appreciate your input you guys are so much smarter than me i love it uh thank you for listening uh thank you for being a part of the conversation um if you think we're crazy let us know if you disagree with us let us know if you want to be a part of the conversation let us know if there's ever anything that we can talk about To help kind of find a Christ-like response to let us know, send us a voice message, leave us a message on Facebook or whatever. So Tom, Wade, Brad, thank you so much for the gift of your time and everybody else. We'll see you next time. God be with you.
3: Thanks, John.
2: See you, John.